1: I will say the reason that we have so many people volunteering all the time and signing up to volunteer and taking these weekly shifts is because they feel a part of something. And I think, you know, yes, we're fighting food insecurity, but we are fighting community insecurity.
0: Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it is as messy as you think. Because we know that starting a business isn't easy.
2: I mean, we've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey.
0: And this year, we're talking with our guests about three important topics in our entrepreneurial journey, like team building life balance, and how to recover from tragedy, both in business and in life.
2: But up first is team building, because we know that as business owners, we're only as strong as our weakest link. We'll be talking about how to build, motivate, and empower your team.
0: And today, we're learning from Maggie Kane, Executive Director of A Place at the Table. Table, which was recently featured on the Kelly Clarkson Show, is a pay-what-you-can cafe in downtown Raleigh. In order to make sure those who are hungry can get a great meal, customers can pay the suggested price, they can pay less, or even volunteer for their food. Though Table has some full-time and part-time staff, this volunteer system means that Maggie is managing a different team every day or even every hour, and we want to learn more about how she's built a business and a process that can handle an ever-changing staff.
2: We're so excited to have you here today. I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Awesome. Of course. So we want to start by just kind of like diving into, we know a little bit about it, but for our listeners who don't, a little mm-hmm. bit about your background and how you got to start play starting A at the Table. table. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I feel very lucky to do what I do.
1: I love what I do. Years ago, well, I guess I go back, all the way. I was born okay. in Raleigh. Yes, born in Raleigh. I was born at Rex. So no, I won't go that far back. Um, but born in Raleigh, I'm, I'm one of those people, people say all the time I'm a unicorn. Mm, but I think like are. more and more people are... Staying in Raleigh. So I think it's becoming less of us. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if we can be called unicorns anymore. Um, But I was born in Raleigh. Um, My name is Maggie Kane, and I did not go to Broughton. There's a Maggie Kane from Broughton who is a professional (laughs) tennis player. So I am not a professional tennis player, and I did not go to Broughton. Um, But I grew up in the Wake Forest area. Um, I have a twin sister. I have a brother. And we all live locally and, and have stayed local. And um, while I was in school, I was the opposite of my sister and my brother. I wanted to um, get out of Raleigh. Mm. I kept thinking, I gotta move, I gotta go. Um, Very lucky to have studied abroad in high school. High school was really hard for me. I truly disliked it. I was made fun of a lot. It was like a very hard Mm. time. Um, So if anyone else out there, was made fun of in high school. I can I can definitely resonate with that. Um, so it, with that, I wanted to leave. I wanted to go somewhere else. Um, so studied abroad in, in high school. Went uh, moved to Italy for a year. Lived with a host family, and it mm-hmm. was it was awesome. Yeah. Um, learned a lot about myself, and came back. And with that thought, I want to keep traveling. I want to keep going. Um, had applied for schools out outside of North Carolina, but um, realized that in state tuition was was a lot more affordable. Yeah. And um, <laughs> exactly. So went up to Appalachian. And that, I love the mountains, I love to hike, so I was going out. That's where I was going. Mm. I was like, yep, I'm a, I'm a boonie, here we go. Mm. Um, but went up in March, and it was negative two degrees mm-hmm. and raining, and I said, I will <laughs> not survive here. It is too damn cold so you are um, not a boonie so i'm not a boonie yeah. no i'm like a wannabe boonie right um but i love 90 degrees um, you're so a fair weather boonie i know mm-hmm. i know like like the perfect like august yeah, you know september beautiful. october beautiful october's a little chilly but um <laughs> september but i went i i so i also had applied to nc state and ended up loving nc state mm-hmm. went to nc state for four years um while i'm there i'm still thinking i'm gonna move i went to school for international studies business and Italian, so mm. thought I could go continue my Italian, move abroad, teach English somewhere, mar- I mean truly I just wanted to marry a hot Italian and yeah, drink that's a ton of red wine. Yeah. Um the the that jury's still out. It could happen one yeah. day. It's still on the list. Yeah. Um, but I I ended up In school, I I got to be involved with a couple different groups where speakers would come um, and speak about different social justice things going Mm -hmm. on in town and got involved in a day shelter that was opening. Um, It was a shelter that was open in the day, Mm -hmm. uh, hence the name. Um, No one slept there at night, but it was a shelter where folks experiencing homelessness and experiencing poverty could come, get get out of the cold weather, get out of the hot weather, get a cup of coffee, have a place to be Um, so I heard this speaker and I just immediately felt this pull to get involved. I went, visited the day shelter. It was opening, um, that same week or the week after and, and kind of never looked back. Mm -hmm. Um, ended up spending a lot of time there. I, I ditched school a lot, um, which is funny. (laughs) I was speaking to peace, um, college students the other day and I said that and I was like, Oops, so sorry, Dr. Ralph. Did not mean to say that. Everyone needs to be in class, but I did. I, I just was falling falling in love with the shelter and falling in love mm-hmm. with the people I was meeting. Um, so I was at the shelter and I graduated college and about 10 of them came to my college graduation. Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment where I just decided, I gotta stay here. I don't need to move abroad right now. There is work to be done in this city. Um, I wanna continue these relationships with folks. And so- I built a job um, for myself at this day shelter, um, made no money, right, mm-hmm. our first jobs, and right. um, but was just lucky to, one, lucky to have graduated college, and then <laughs> two, lucky to um, have this job, a job that I loved. And ran ran the shelter and got to know so many folks on the street, so many yeah. folks experiencing poverty. And getting, um, you know, for me, getting to know people is done through food. And mm-hmm. so I would go and eat with folks experiencing homelessness or experiencing extreme poverty. And that meant eating at the soup kitchen a lot. And in Raleigh, we have a fantastic soup kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. The soup kitchen feeds about 300 people in an hour every day. Oh, they do incredible wow. work. They are really fighting food insecurity that we have here. But it would, what I saw was, it was so different than my life experience. We'd stand in line. We'd get handed a plate. We'd have to eat really quickly. We couldn't spend time sitting at a table together um, because they're trying to feed a lot of people. Sure. And, and so I, I just decided, I, I, you know, I want to start taking folks out for meals. I want to spend longer with them. Um, and so I started taking folks experiencing homelessness out for meals. And we would go to Golden Corral a lot. And my mm. privilege that I grew up with, my privilege, mm. um, said we, we're going to Golden Corral because they're hungry, right? They're mm-hmm. sleeping outside at night. They want to eat a lot of food. Um, and my friend John said, no, Maggie, that's not why. Like, don't say that. That's not why at all. Um, we, I've chosen Golden Corral the past three times to come and eat for two reasons. Because here we have choice. He mm-hmm. said, everyone makes every choice for me from mm-hmm. what I eat to where I sleep. Here I get to have choice. I can choose if I mm-hmm. want to have a black bean melt or if I want to have a mm-hmm. waffle, right? Mm-hmm. I get to choose. Um, and then the second thing is I feel seen here. Mm-hmm. He said, Maggie, living in poverty, people don't see me. They don't see me as normal. I'm not human. Um, they walk right by me. Here, someone greets me at the door. They acknowledge me. They come around, check if I need a refill on something. They say bye as I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. He said, I feel seen here. And it was in that moment where I said we've got to create something where – one, everyone has choice, and two, people feel seen, people feel, people feel heard, people have dignity, and a place where, uh, frankly, like folks in my life, my privileged life, could meet so many of these amazing right. people I was meeting, right. a place that would bring everyone together. Yeah. And while I grew up in Raleigh, and I love Raleigh, right, um, and, and will forever love Raleigh, it was at a time at, where Raleigh was so divided, where it felt like people with money were going one way and people without money mm-hmm. were going the other way. Mm-hmm. And how do we create a place downtown where people, um, th- that divide doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. So I will stop talking because I just <laughs> rambled for three minutes and y'all had to listen to me. No, no, I think great. that's so
2: great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I love how we are um, adjunct professors at Meredith and it's really, really neat to see. In our class, we teach and show special events, like when people kind of like declare for hospitality. And you can say, oh, wow, this is like something that I never even thought of as a possibility. Because they'll come in as business majors or marketing majors or whatever. But I really love this. I have a passion for it to kind of – and that kind of college, I don't know, kind of growing, learning, Mm -hmm. finding time to like really find what it is that you're passionate about and pursue it I think is amazing and
0: rare, honestly. I think, I think that's what I love about it, too, mm-hmm. is, like, just the boldness of it. And I think realizing that – and I think it says a lot to probably how you grew up and the people that believed in you that, like, I can do this. Like, I can make a change in the world. And I feel like there's so many people – and I feel that way sometimes now. Like, I feel very helpless. Like, there's not, yeah. like, much I can do other than cast a vote, which is very important. You should yes, go, go, go vote. vote but- go <laughs> vote. <laughs> 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 that's the earliest that, like – or the most that I can do, you know, and it yeah. feels – really inspiring to say, like, I see this need, I see this, this, I have this passion to help, and I want to help. And I think really, ultimately, what your story tells is, is, tells you is that it's about exactly what you said, bringing two people together. Because I think yep. for so long, we spend time in our own bubbles that we're, we can't even understand anyone else in a different bubble than us.
1: Absolutely. You know? And we hang with people that are similar than us. Yes. And, yeah. and until we know, right? Like, yep. thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel truly the, the fortunate one, I had so many people that that walked in along the way, that taught me mm-hmm. the things that I, you know, knew then and know mm-hmm. now. Um, so it it is, it's, life's about relationships and community and, mm-hmm. and I, um, and, and make people feel seen. Yeah. So I, I feel like
2: that is, that is my life work and mm-hmm. I will forever do this work. Mm-hmm. So I think going back there, so obviously you're this, Young whippersnapper taking people Ooh. out to Golden Corral, <laughs> and I think there's a big jump from that yes. to, like, opening right, a right, right. restaurant. So, like, how did you get there? <laughs> that seems like there's of yeah. been, like, yeah. a few transitional phases during yes, that time. Yes,
1: absolutely. So, for all who do not know, um, a place at the table is Raleigh's First um, Pay What You Can restaurant, Um, So what that means is when you walk in, it looks and feels like a regular restaurant. Um, We've got fun photos on the wall. We've got, um, you know, big community tables, other tables. You smell good food. You hear cool music. and, And you would not know we are any different than any other restaurant. And then you get up to the register and you start to see some information signs, explainer signs um, that say pay what you can. So all of our prices on the menu are pay what you can. So you can, ch- And they're all suggested pricing. So you can choose to pay that suggested price. You can pay more and pay it forward for someone else. You can pay less because we know some weeks are harder than others and all you can do is pay less. Or you can pay by volunteering with us. Um, so that I just wanted to, to yeah. preface that because I <laughs> skipped over that part. Um, but at Golden Crow, right? Um, I'm sitting there thinking, like, how can we create a place where everyone can come together? I started researching. I researched everything, um, to your point from whether your biology books are relevant or not. Like, I I went to the library, and I rented books on – restaurants and nonprofits mm-hmm. and social enterprises. And then I then I just got on Google. Like mm-hmm. frankly, Google was my best friend. I Googled everything mm-hmm. um, and found the pay what you can system. Okay. Found that at the time there were over 60 pay what you can restaurants across the country instead of other places, other cities can do this than Raleigh can too. Right. Um, so again Googling Googling everything, um went to visit the closest pay what you can restaurant, which ironically led me back to Boone. North Carolina. Uh-huh. Um, isn't that funny? Yeah, um, funny. Um, funny? Farm Cafe, Feed All Regardless of Means. is yes. a fantastic mm-hmm. pay what you can restaurant on King Street. Have y'all been? I, I haven't been, but I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. I've passed yeah. by it. Yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so great. It's an old diner. Went to visit and went to visit about six different times and brought different people with me. And I think I wanted them to say, no, we can't do this in Raleigh. But I would ask them all. I said, should we do this in Raleigh? And everyone said, Yes, let's mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. I do kind of think they were like, I wonder if she this this 22 year old is actually gonna make this happen. Yeah. Let's just see, mm-hmm. let's play the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but everyone said it, it's, a, it's a great idea, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is in 2014, came back after bringing those six different people out, uh, out there to see it, asking a ton of questions. Yeah. Um, the folks there, uh, they are the reason we are here today. I am forever grateful um, for their guidance and leadership and mentorship in, in what they built um, to what we built. And brought it back and started just, I mean, honestly, just started like hitting the pavement and mm-hmm. working on it. Um, people at the time called me Maggie Kane, queen of meetings. Um, <laughs> I was probably in three or four meetings a day yeah. talking about a place table. I drink more coffee than yeah. I drink now. Mm-hmm. And I am in a coffee shop and I drink a pot a day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I um, really was just getting to know the community, um, seeing what people thought this place could look like, telling the story. Um, and we slowly just started building it. Mm-hmm. This is not me. This mm-hmm. is a community effort. And so every single day would meet someone that would want to get involved, someone that would provide their expertise. We just started pulling it together a little by little. Um, I was working in bars at night. I had quit my job at the time because I, I could not, like, function doing a full-time job in a day yeah. shelter and building this every single day, having all these meetings. Um, we started doing information sessions, so started telling the community about it, mm-hmm. um, going to different places, bars, churches, nonprofits, and just telling the story. We started um, once a month going to a different nonprofit and and bringing food and just saying, hey, do y'all want this? What do you think about a pay-what-you-can restaurant? Mm-hmm. And four years later, I, I've met people that were in those nonprofits that have come up to me and come to eat at the at a place at the table and said, "I remember when you came four years ago, right?" Mm-hmm. So we just started to just to kind of again, like I said, tell the story um, and bring people to the literal table mm-hmm. um, and hear what they hear what they thought and what they wanted to see. We eventually started to realize that we needed to live our mission out, so we started to pop up places and do a pay-what-you-can brunch. Okay. Um, so, so before we, you open the actual restaurant. Before we opened. Okay. Um, so this was in 2016. We started for about a year. We called it Second Saturday Brunch. Okay. Um, and we brought people to brunch to solve if it would work. We, we tested it mm. out. So we started in 2016. We had about 50 people come out. It was my mom, probably, and all my friends. <laughs> um, and by the end of it, about a year later, about that, you know, uh, the Twelfth, we did it once a month the 12th pay what you can brunch we had about 450 people come and so that's when we realized okay people want this yes um at the same time we're on social media just telling the story not Mm -hmm. knowing if we're ever going to open but telling the story getting people to 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 get involved to come to be a part of it and then in 2018 we opened um
2: so were you able to like i am totally like business minded here yeah did you have like donors were you like funded or were you able to like parlay some of your brunch profits
1: into great question no we made no, you money made no money in okay. all that time um we in so in 2017 i was seriously thinking this is four years later of working on this trying to build this you've gone working multiple pay time, like part-time jobs wasn't yeah. paying myself we had gotten all these people to get behind it right yeah. we had gotten restaurant experts and and lawyers and and all these different people with all these expertise to be involved But we couldn't find a space. So we couldn't find a space. We had no money. And it's like that chicken and egg thing Mm -hmm. of you don't have money, um, so you can't actually afford a space, but you don't have a space. You're not going to make any money. You're not going to make any money, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we finally had been working with York Properties over the years and forever grateful for York Properties for getting us um, into this space. But they called us and said, we think we may have a space for you. So- we looked at this awesome space where we are now and we um, decided let's we're going to take this leap. So we, mm-hmm. as a team, took over this space and then we called on all of the folks that we had met with, you know, Maggie King, Queen Meetings, all mm-hmm. those people, all, all the folks that had come to our information sessions that we had gotten on listservs, everyone on our social media, um, every corporate sponsor we had or every corporate um, co- company that we had met that could potentially be a corporate sponsor. We called on all of them and said, hey, we have a space. Um, would, you be, would you be involved? And we fundraised what we needed to fundraise in about two months wow. overnight. Okay. Um, so I always say, no, we weren't fundraising. We were friend raising. Mm-hmm. We were building friends. I stole that from someone. I have no idea who. Okay. I wish I could because <laughs> I would quote them. Um, but we were friend raising and building what we have today. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, a place table is not me. And I said this a couple minutes ago it's not me. It is this community. Every single person who dined, donated, volunteered over those years showed up that in that moment that those first couple days that we were there um, and they dined donated and volunteered with us mm-hmm. and they still do to this day mm-hmm. um, and it is the reason we we are here it's yeah. it's those friends that we made over the years and those friends we continue to make
0: yeah so I I think and I so we did the fundraiser yeah. so and yeah uh, thank you for coming by yeah, that, right? yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, and you could totally see that and you could feel it when you hear people talk about it. One, I think, I don't know, I was shocked you said you were made fun of in school because if people could see you now, you were like a mini celebrity at the, oh my God. like, oh, no. have you met Maggie? Have you met Maggie?
1: Oh my God. No, but then, no. So, oh um, gosh. but,
0: uh, I think, and you said it a couple of times that you've, you've built this community, which I really think, um, you could call you a master team builder. Cause mm-hmm. really that community is ultimately just a team that you have created to, to, um, facilitate
2: this vision yeah and yeah. to buy
0: into this value cuz this isn't a value everybody has they don't necessarily just like you know your friend experience they don't value people experiencing homelessness right, right? right. How did you get people to decide what people needed to be on your bus and how did you kind of get them to buy into those values and the overall mission of Place to the Table?
1: Well, thank you for all for saying that. That That's really kind of you. I actually feel lucky to be on the bus with (laughs) all the awesome people, truly, every day. That is like what I wake up thinking. I'm so lucky to do this work. Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky to have the folks in my life that make this happen every day. I'm Mm -hmm. so lucky to have the staff and team that we have. But I guess I'll, I'll go back a couple years, right? Um, in building this, I I'm such. A believer in like entrepreneurship is not a one-person job; mm-hmm. it is a team job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that we are not, and I know we're not supposed to be good at everything. There is no way we can be good at everything, yeah. mm-hmm. and I truly don't feel good at anything. <laughs> and I, but I know there are so many people that excel in in their fields, mm-hmm. right? And so, so I started to just think through what do we need to make this happen look y'all, I, similar to someone else you had on, on a podcast that I was listening to, they're like, I had to give up the books. Like I had mm-hmm. to give up QuickBooks. That, mm-hmm. that shit was like awful. Yeah. Um, and, and that's for me. Like yeah. I, in 2014, I had no idea how to write a budget. Now, mm-hmm. obviously I, I figured all that out, but I like basically failed accounting in college. Yeah. So I found an accountant who excelled in accounting, loved accounting. Mm-hmm. It was their passion and brought them to the table. Mm-hmm. I found someone who could read all of that boring nonprofit paperwork that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense at all. That's five hundred pages that we have yeah. to fill out. That finds joy in doing that. Mm-hmm. And he came to the table, and he he is now still involved. Right. Mm-hmm. So all these folks, like again, we are not supposed to be good at at all you just got to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So I just asked for help. I mm-hmm. um, was not afraid to ask for help. And then if someone said no, I asked again and mm-hmm. again and again. And so to this day, I'm asking those same people. And <laughs> eventually they'll say yes. Yeah. Um, You'll but, wear them down. <laughs> yeah. And and I also think everyone is looking to be a part of something. Yeah. Um, everyone's looking for that purpose. And so so ask for help because the worst thing that they were going to do was say no. Mm-hmm. And we just found that, that people – were looking for that purpose, and so they got involved. Yeah. Um, and then they brought people to the table. Mm-hmm. And it's just, right, it's like a, it's an umbrella down of like, um, like a tree down of, I invited one person, they invited one person, and then it became mm-hmm. this huge, huge community of people bringing their expertise literally to the table, and and their passions to the table, um, that then made a place that.
0: Hey everyone, I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. We are the owners of Hustle & Gather Consulting. We began our consulting business because our goal is to empower you with the knowledge and the enthusiasm to take those big steps in your business. We're excited to
2: offer VIP days that provide up to five hours of one-on-one time with our team to help you navigate challenges within your business. Whether that's overcoming an obstacle, hiring that perfect team, or taking steps to expand into new territories, we want to help you achieve those milestones.
0: Head on over to HustleAndGather.com to see how we can help you. Table happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a, like such a great approach, and I know that like you're talking about building a nonprofit, right? So at this point, you are—I don't want to say begging, but you're like, please begging. come, I'm begging. <laughs>
1: please, come. I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> yeah. begging.
0: Yes, but as a as an employer, you're not necessarily begging for employees. Mm-hmm. But I love that. I think it's such a a translatable skill and a concept of bringing people to your table, because I think that's so lost amongst CEOs. Is there just, like, I'm going to pay you this paycheck, you do this job, as opposed to saying, like, hey, I hired you because you have this amazing skill that maybe yes. I don't have yes. or I don't have the time to use, right? Yes. And I want to bring you to this table and have you be a part of this, you know, community yeah. um, at yeah. the office. Yeah. It's true.
1: Um, I didn't even talk about my staff. Our staff is, like, the thebomb.com. They mm-hmm. are so awesome, and they have so many more skills that I do not have. Mm-hmm. I um, feel – Feel lucky. I learn from them every day, and I think it's I think it's giving them a voice. One right. Mm-hmm. So we do a monthly staff meeting where we close. We're actually closing today. We do a monthly staff meeting and we just talk about what's going on, what's mm-hmm. working, what's not working, how are we feeling. Let's check in. Mm-hmm. Um, we bring problems to the whole team, all mm-hmm. twenty folks, and say, mm-hmm. "Look, we're having an issue with this. What do you guys think we should do?" Mm-hmm. So giving people a voice and making them feel a part of the team yeah. mm-hmm. um, and not just a hired employee oh, that right. shows up to work to clock in and clock out. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one. And and we do that because we actually do know that they're smarter than us, yeah. right? right? And they're definitely smarter than me. Right. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, I think it's really just giving people a purpose and a voice and, mm-hmm. and the ability to, to have that voice And again, come to the table, which Mm -hmm. I feel like I keep throwing that in there and it's also our name, but it's just the truth. Um, So that voice, I think being approachable too, Mm -hmm. um, I have tried really hard to be approachable. I want to know when their birthdays are. I want to know when, you know, what their dog's name is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that too, like making it really feel like there's a culture, there's a team, there's a, there's Mm -hmm. a community. Um, We shut down and do, do fellowship events. So we Mm -hmm. do. Um, we have a, a we we had this box. I don't actually know what happened to the box. Not that I'm saying that out loud. But people <laughs> could submit in a comment box of like, what do you want to do as a team? Should we, um, mm-hmm. you know, go to the park and play disc golf? Should we um, go to karaoke night or whatever mm-hmm. it may be? And so we we shut down every so often and do these different um, bonding yeah. team retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, we also. I believe in like giving your team time off and Mm -hmm. paid time off. And Mm so we shut down most holidays and we give random days off and just say like, go be. You know, Mm -hmm. next we're closing for election day. Like go vote and have a mental health day. Um, (laughs) So we do things like that. We also try to pay, like, right? We try to pay well a living Mm -hmm. wage that we all should be making. And number one in, so as a nonprofit, nonprofits have strategic plans of what they're working on and what they're working on. Number one in our plan is staff, Mm -hmm. taking care of staff and making sure that they are treated well first because then they're going to treat everyone else well. So I think, you know, I don't think paying people is the the end all be all, but, and I don't think that's what keeps people on teams. But I do think that, I think that helps is just like, you know, treating them how you would you would want to be.
0: Um, well, you can't have an employee be happy all there, even, no matter how much they love the job, that's if right. they're working four jobs to make ends meet. That's right. right. They're going to get over-exhausted and overwhelmed, and then that's going to come out, yes. like, Because they're tired. They're tired. So it doesn't matter if they're like, if it's their passion in life, everyone's going to go somewhere else. And you're seeing that with teachers, right? Yep. They had a passion for it. They love the job, but they are leaving in droves because, you know, I know we talked about like our last year teaching, we just kept making less and less because health insurance kept getting more and more and we weren't getting raises. Yeah. Right. Like ever. And you knew you weren't going to get a raise. Right. And There was no hope. And what's (laughs) it going to be? Am I going to teach this kid chemistry or I'm going to help? Pay so I can have food on the table for my right. family because right. I'm barely making ends meet right now. Right, I'm going to go do something else. It's it's you know? so
1: true. Yeah. It's so true. Um, so I do think yes, thank you. That it, mm-hmm. I mean that it, it is a valid point. So we try really hard, um, and the living wage in North Carolina keeps increasing it's because so, yeah, it's yeah, like it's so expensive. So yeah, it's so hard yeah. to, to live here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is we have 20 paid staff, right? Mm-hmm. And they execute everything in the restaurant from from what you're eating that black bean melt that mm-hmm. um I brought y'all today to making the coffee and, and making sure that the product is good because we know that people will come out once for a good cause. They'll come out again if the product is good yeah. and if they feel the community is good. Right. That's the second point yes. too. Um, but we have a lot of volunteers that yeah. help mm-hmm. make everything happen I mean, they're the, they're the ones this morning. Um, someone came up to me and said, what do you need me to do today as, you know, per volunteering? And I said, oh, don't ask me. Go ask, you know, our lead volunteer, the, the expert in this. Yeah. Um, and so we have 150 people that have a weekly shift with us. They mm-hmm. clock in. I mean, they don't actually clock in, but it's like they're clocking in um, for their weekly shift. They come in and they. Some of them are volunteering for their meal. Some of them are not, um, but they feel like it is. It's their job. Yeah. Um, and then we have a lot of other folks that sign up online. A lot of other folks that come in and volunteer for their meal any time in the day. And everyone's doing the same thing. They're doing dishes. They're running food. You know, they're doing that restaurant work. It's really, super fun too. So plug for volunteering. Um, <laughs> but I. But I will say the reason that so we have so many people. Volunteering all the time and signing up to volunteer and taking these weekly shifts is because they feel a part of something. It goes back to my point of feeling a part of something bigger than themselves. <laughs> community is so important. Mm-hmm. If if um, the pandemic has taught us anything is that people are lonely and oh, people nice. are searching for community. Yes. Relationships are the key to everything. Mm-hmm. With relationships, you can thrive. And I think you know. Yes, we're fighting food insecurity, but we are fighting community insecurity. Mm-hmm. Providing a place for people to feel a part of a community, to feel a part of, um, you know, to feel loved, to feel seen. It's just, it's so important in our lives and it's, it's the reason mm-hmm. like we live and mm-hmm. it's how we thrive
2: and to, to be seen and to, to see. Mm-hmm. So I love like all of that, obviously, like with <laughs> the staff and the volunteers and like all those things, but there's gotta be some darker side to having volunteers. Like yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's been a case where yeah. you have someone who's like volunteered, right? So you're <laughs> They're not – you're not paying them, mm-hmm. and they're just maybe doing a shitty job, or they're uh, not, like, embodying right, 30 what your yes. value is. What do you do when you have yeah. a bad volunteer? <laughs> like a bad apple. Like, you know, yes. but, they're, but, they, but they think it's coming from some altruistic place, and, and you're, you're, like, you're so just hard. so misguided.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're so misguided, and you're trying so yes. hard, and this is just not this – you know, this is just maybe not the position for you. Right. Um, so we do. We first try um, hard to move you to a different position. Yeah. So we're going to say, if dishes, like if you because that dishroom room gets really busy back there, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are just like slowly like washing your dishes and you're not really understanding it or you're throwing away the spoons and the, mm-hmm. the right. bowls, because um, we have a bowl shortage right now because of that, um, <laughs> we are going to move you to another position and try you there. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. still can't get it, we're gonna move you to another position and try you there. And thank God for our amazing staff and volunteers that are patient, patient, patient people. Um, We're going to move you to another place. And if that's still not working, we're going to say, hey, your volunteer shift today is to sit and have coffee, Mm -hmm. sit at the community table and have coffee and love on people, talk to people, right? And try that, right? And if it's still not, then, okay, you're just going to eat today or you're just, you know, come back another day and try again. Mm -hmm. So we, everything we do is based on relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So we try really hard to build relationships so that we built that trust so that we can have those conversations. We just hired a community and de-escalation specialist. It has been a game changer. To the work we are doing, is it a community de de escalation escalation specialist? specialist. Yes, Uh, and and so so people would say a nice security guard, and we would say (laughs) we would say um, so we had we had to hire a you know we had to hire a security guard in during the pandemic because Mm -hmm. we were all curbside, we had a line out the door, um, and we were serving about four hundred and fifty people a day, Um, and it just got when you have that many people in one space, it Mm -hmm. it just you got to have. Um, crowd control. And so we so we had a security guard. And so when we moved back inside, we didn't necessarily want to hire a security guard. We wanted to hire someone who could build trust and de-escalate situations. Yeah. Because when you've built trust, you can de-escalate situations better than yeah. um, a security guard standing at the door. Yeah. Um, and so- and that's not a slash on our security guard because he was awesome mm-hmm. uh, and we miss him. But um, we, we did hire Cheyenne. She's amazing. And so her job is to go around and build relationships and have those tough conversations to say, mm-hmm. hey, the district's not working for you today. We're gonna move you out. Um, and, and you're going to try this today and you're so, so right. That's her full-time job mm-hmm. and it works because they say, okay, Shayne, that sounds great. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they trust her to mm-hmm. know that mm-hmm. she means well. Yeah. Um, and so I think your question was like, what do you do about the bad apple? It is all built on trust and relationships. And so it, it really is, um, you know, if we built those trusts with folks, we're able to, to have those tough conversations. Do you yeah. ever
2: have a situation where you're like, I'm fine feeding you? Yes. Yes. But we do not want you to work here.
1: Oh yes. I didn't even have to have you finish that conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And so Cheyenne will have that conversation yeah. with someone and she had one a couple days ago. And he said, and he's so lovely, mm-hmm. but he's mm-hmm. just not a good volunteer. Yeah. And and she said, Look, you know, you are great. We love you here. We love you talking to people. We love you sitting. But like you're just gonna you you get to be the exception. Not not a lot of people just have to come mm-hmm. and eat, right? right? But you do. Yeah. So you right, she made him feel super special. <laughs> yeah. Um and he loves it. He's fine. He's mm-hmm. like so good. Yeah. Um, but we do find, I will say, because people want to be a part of a community, they want to have a hand up versus hand out, they want a purpose, yeah. mm-hmm. they want to volunteer. Yeah. And so it is, yeah. it's it's like, oh, why can't I volunteer? They people wanna volunteer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we do have to have those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to have those hard conversations every day about other things too mm-hmm. like just bad apples walking into the restaurant right. who don't believe in our mission. Right, And so, you know, that's as, as a part of a team, right? We're having a staff meeting today and that's the question I'm I'm throwing to them is,
0: is yo, how can we fix it? Like mm-hmm. how, like, like you the people coming in who just, like taking advantage taking of the advantage. system. Right. Yeah. Like they clearly yeah.
2: have the means but just aren't paying. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. just being
1: like rude and yeah. um, causing fights and problems and mm-hmm. that's real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we just see it it's yeah. just right in front of us, right? And mm-hmm. so so we're going to pose that to our team. They're smarter than us. Mm-hmm. Like what our leadership team is going to pose this to the whole 20 people and say, "Help us figure this out. Yeah. How do we how do we extend dignity to everyone that walks in that door but also keep our culture, keep our yeah. community and keep, it, and keep yeah. you safe. Keep people safe. Yeah. Um, and so Yeah. Yeah. It, we definitely have the bad apples. We yeah. are we are 1000% not mm-hmm. perfect. I could have a whole
2: podcast on that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's I mean <clears throat> But I think that's a valid point, because I think some people, like, thinking through, like, yeah. how do you build an organization built on the backs of volunteers? What yeah. do you do when you have that volunteer that's just literally not going to work out? Yeah. And their heart could be in the right place, but maybe their skills aren't, yeah. or maybe their attitude's not, or, you know, how do you get over? Almost like what I would call, and I was trying to talk to Dana about this and not describing it, almost like yeah. volunteer entitlement. Yes. Do you know what i It's I'm true, saying? though. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a, it is a
1: thing. Yeah. And we, so, so we have... It's not it, it's across the board. It's folks that that are some of our wealthiest donors that have volunteer entitlement. Yeah. Mm. Just people who can't pay a dollar. Mm-hmm. So it is across the board, mm-hmm. and we do the same thing to everyone. We have we sit down, we have that conversation, and we be real or real. Mm-hmm. Like we are transparent and we put it all on the table and say, we love you, but this like you're just not trying to volunteer right now. Mm-hmm. We still want you to be a part of this community. Yeah. So I think quickly to say it's like being honest showing love Mm -hmm. and, and still making them feel like they're a part of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you been able to kind of figure that out quicker now that you've had, obviously you've had years of this. So like, what are some red flags that you would probably say people that you feel like you need to intervene in? Like, I'm sure you're doing it more quickly now than you probably were before.
1: For sure. Um, well, I would say, people that aren't, so people that are taking advantage, Mm -hmm. right? And those are just folks that don't believe in your mission. They don't get the mission. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't believe in it yet, okay? Right. But they don't get it. Yeah. And and that is going, you are going to lose your mission, you're Mm going to lose your community, you're going to lose your organization if you don't take care of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that is number one. Like the people that don't, that aren't, that don't get your mission that aren't a part of your mission mm-hmm. um so for us like if you're not a part of our community by volunteering or respecting the volunteerism mm-hmm. or respecting other volunteers then like you got to go cuz yeah. you're going to uh, that means our community is not going to survive if right. you're if you're taking advantage mm-hmm. of it right um, so i would say that so folks that are taking advantage it goes back, it goes a little bit to, to that point, not respecting, but not respecting other people in mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. not respecting other volunteers. Like, that is what we're doing. Right. You're like, yeah. you You got to be kind and mm-hmm. open to to being a part of the community, mm-hmm. which means respecting everyone that you're doing this volunteering mm-hmm. with. Right. Um. So I think, I think those two are probably the, the big ones that we look for. Mm-hmm. Not, not getting the mission, not respecting the mission, but also not respecting the people. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's a volunteer or it's a staff member. Yeah,
0: which is so true. And I think that, we were just talking about this because we're actually giving a, a talk on building your dream team. And this Ooh. is like a whole part of it. And we have what we call those people are like cancer. Yeah. And because they really tend to seep into the heart of your organization. And it's just those things, volunteer or not volunteer, yeah. like employees, the ones that feel like they can do everybody else's job yeah. or they don't respect their teammate or that they're here or they're the most important yeah. person. Um, really can, it can, it can eat away and break up your entire company. And it's like one person. Yep. And it's amazing how much power they have. It's amazing. But they it's do a because it's toxic energy. Mm-hmm. It is. It is toxic energy. And as
1: soon as you get that toxic energy out, yes. it feels good again. Yes. Oh, I know. We are having today in our staff meeting, I keep going back to this, but we're talking about gossip because mm-hmm. I I'm going to I'm going to throw that out there and say I've heard gossip around this cafe. Mm-hmm. We are not we are non-gossip culture. Mm-hmm. Bring it out of these walls because once that gossip and toxic energy is in there, right. then then you can't you can't get it gone right. until you do it. Right. And I think leaders need to know that it is their job to get that toxic energy out yes. yeah. or the whole the whole organization could crumble. Yeah.
2: yeah, Yeah. and I do think, I mean, that's such a good point and also like getting to that talk, that's like the point is you think it's a them problem. Yeah. Like as a leader, like you're not recognizing that it's you yes. right. leading your team in the direction they should be led and it is not, our necessarily, responsibility. not necessarily the bad apple Yeah. because you're, you know, basically prioritizing that bad apple yeah. over the yes. 19 for you other good apples that you have right. on your team. You Absolutely. know what I mean?
1: So, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you will feel 20 times better once, yeah. once you have dealt with that situation, mm-hmm. whether it's you know getting, that sounded really hard to say get that person no. gone, but whether it's that mm-hmm. and it's come to that or whether it's having those really hard conversations yeah. and addressing it head on. Yeah. I, I believe, and I think this is another reason why our, you know, our team works well is because we believe in conflict and mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. conflict. Everyone's gonna have conflict. When you're mm-hmm. close to your team and you're working constantly with them every day, all day, you're going to have conflict. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've started staff meetings where we say, okay, let's get all the conflict out, <laughs> talk it out, yeah. talk it out. Yeah. Um, and when you trust your team enough, you can, and you've built that trust with mm-hmm. your team, mm-hmm. conflict is 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 a good thing mm-hmm. because you, you want to talk through those things right. or that toxic resentment energy yeah. is in that space. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I also kind of, you mentioned this before, talking about trying people in different positions, mm-hmm. I think, That a lot of times, um, what you're seeing is a lot of insecurity, and someone who is doing a job that they're just not good at, and they know it, and they know they're failing. Like they tend to become that toxic energy. They tend because they're just protecting themselves. And the minute you put them in a position where they're thriving, and they feel seen in that position, they feel appreciated, they feel great, they can completely change. So. For us a lot of times when we have what you would call a bad apple, it's like, are they really a bad apple? Or are they just a little yep. sickly? We need to put <laughs> them in like some triage and, so and they yeah. can get better. Or are they genuinely yeah, like they're done, you know? And that's a hard thing to parse out. And I love that you kind of go through all these steps to determine um if it is because I think sometimes we give up on people too easily right. and too mm-hmm. quickly. Right.
1: And that's like the antithesis yeah. of what we do at a place of right. table. Right. And we don't want to give up on you. And we're not going to give up on you unless mm-hmm. it's those two things yes. of like, you really don't believe in what we're doing right. and you gave up on, you gave up on us right. first. Yes. Right. And so we're going to work with you mm-hmm. until you don't want to work with us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because people, people, again, people want to be a part of something know, and they care yeah. about community and they care about relationships and they, they, people are looking for, mm-hmm. for community. And so we're not going to give up on you until you give up on us. But, Um, You do as as a leader, you got to be that person that is that is zero tolerance, zero tolerance Mm -hmm. and seeing seeing that to your point of moving people and and seeing where
2: people's skills are. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah.
2: Well, what has been the most rewarding part of this journey for you? Obviously, th- this podcast. but, Yeah, you know, this I'm just is it. Yeah. Actually, I'm like,
1: you guys are great. Just oh my joking. gosh, <laughs> um, you guys are great. Um, I, I mean, really, every day at table, mm. it mm-hmm. is amazing. It's really hard, because um, relationships are hard. Yes, they're messy. Yes. Everyone is coming in with, I mean, humans are messy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, building relationships is just hard. And so we do, we do see a a, a lot of of. Um, you know, we have a lot of struggles at, at a place table like, like everyone does mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day it is so beautiful mm-hmm. what is happening in that space. Mm-hmm. The relationships and the people that I get to meet, mm-hmm. um, the hugs I get as I was walking out coming over here, I got 10 different hugs from people mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. it's like I was never going to come back <laughs> um, and so I I feel <laughs> I feel so fortunate to be a part of the team yeah. um, that is there and that they accept me on their team mm-hmm. um, because that, that every day I get to go into the the job where I feel loved and cared for.
0: Yeah. Um just like I want other people to feel. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, and so the suit. You can feel that. <laughs> you can just feel like the passion yeah. that you have for people. And I really love that. And just the humility is so rare oh. in people. Yeah. Like I just I think oh, that's it's kind I think it's really Oh really you're great.
1: you're kind of say, but I actually I mean truly like they are the reason that I mm. like mm. live. I people People are my passion, like mm-hmm. you said. But I, I truly believe I was I was put on this earth to love people, mm-hmm. um, mm, and I that. get all that love back.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Well, we would love to for you to tell our listeners how they can support you in table yes. and table, um, and maybe where it's at, so yes. people know to stop by.
1: We're at 300 West Market Street, right downtown. Um, across from Vita Vitae, next to Legends, around this corner from Morgan Street Food Hall if you're ever downtown, <laughs> um, all three options. But we um, are open 8 to 2, Tuesday through Sunday. Um, we are breakfast and lunch. Food's really great. Come see mm. us. You can also see us on our website, tablerolley.org. You can see our awesome team on there, um, and then on social media at Table Raleigh. Okay.
0: Yeah. And there's lots of opportunities to get involved, either financially yep. um, and
1: Volunteer. Volunteer. If you're looking for a community, we are your space. You are never going to walk in that space and not um, be talked to probably a hundred times by someone. (laughs) (laughs) Love that.
2: All right.
0: Well, thank you so much
1: for your time today. Thank you for having me. Y'all are a joy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great. That was great.
0: Thanks everyone for gathering us today to talk about team building. To learn more about a place at the table, you can visit tableraleigh.org or follow at tableraleigh on Instagram.
2: And to learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CD Events, at the Bradford NC, at anthem.house, and at Hustle and Gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com.
0: And if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review.
2: This podcast is a production of Fluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.